0: You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, we're talking some big basketball news on this episode of Canada's Court. The Olympics will include three on three basketball in 2020. Now, there are still a lot of unanswered questions on who can play and how you qualify, but that will come. Regardless, Michael Linklater is pretty pleased. The man from Saskatchewan is ranked number one for three-on-three basketball in Canada and top ten in the world. His team is ranked third in the world, so it's safe to say he isn't doing too bad. And this announcement means Michael Linklater and his teammates will have a chance to further their basketball dreams, possibly all the way to the Olympics. Michael has taken some time out of his day today to talk to me and help answer some questions about what 3-on-3 basketball is actually like. Michael, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So first, before we get to the uh, exciting news that was announced yesterday, tell me a bit about how you came to play professional 3-on-3 basketball.
1: Uh, Well, it was about five years ago. My teammates and I, we accidentally stumbled upon the game. We heard that there was a tournament in Edmonton where you won a free trip to Puerto Rico. So we thought we could go play in this three-on-three tournament and win a vacation. And once we got there, we realized the rules were completely different from what we had previously played in our lives. And then when we had won that tournament, we realized that we were just moving on, and that was one of several steps uh, into getting onto the world tour. So we found the world tour by accident, and uh, we haven't left it ever since. So it's been five uh, wonderful years
0: for us. That's uh, hey. Did you still get to go on a vacation sort of afterwards, or no?
1: Well, it all depends where we go and uh, if we decide to stay. I mean, there's so much travel, but we usually uh, go up a day or two uh, before the event, or sometimes we'll stay a day or two later. So we'll get a chance to do a bit of sightseeing once business is taken care of.
0: And so you you mentioned it was uh, obviously very different rules than you had expected. Could you explain that to me? Because I'm sure, uh, like a lot of people, the listeners might not know those rules.
1: Yeah, so I think typically when anybody hears three-on-three basketball, they think of the old NBA hoop-it-up that used to travel across uh, North America. And that was a much, much slower-paced game. Phoebus changed the rules quite a bit. They've integrated a 12-second shot clock. They play uh, ones and twos, so the three-point is actually worth two points. And a lot of people don't realize, but that's actually, you know, double the points. So it would be like playing twos and fours. So that's such a key component of the game. It's first to 21 points or 10 minutes. And overtime is kind of like a sudden death. It's first to two points, and there's no uh, time. So if you just keep going back and forth, it's, it'll uh, it'll go till somebody wins. So there's no fouls, or sorry, no fouling out. So an individual will not be able to foul out, but once a team reaches seven fouls, they go into bonus. So they'll shoot two two shots, and then if they get to ten fouls, it'll be two shots in the ball. So they really uh, don't want you fouling because that's uh, going to hurt you.
0: Wow, that's a lot of uh, rules to adjust to. How did you even win that first tournament having to deal with all these rule changes?
1: Well, then not only to those rule changes, but they also have a specific ball that's used. It's size six, which is typically used in women's basketball, but it's a size seven weight, so a men's weight. So the ball is is a little bit different as well. So a lot of players instantly complain about that because they're used to playing with a seven, not a six. But um, we were fortunate enough because we had just kind of we were still somewhat fresh off of our national championship win with the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, My teammate, Nolan Burdell, uh, Michael Leifers. At that time, we had Troy Gotslake and Trevor Nerdahl. And so we were still somewhat in shape, but not as in shape as we needed to be. And uh, we were fortunate enough to win that tournament.
0: So what's been the most difficult transition from playing 5-on-5 to 3-on-3?
1: Well, with a lot of 5-on-5 players do including ourselves is when you come to the three-on-three game you think you can just use the same things that you used in five-on-five in terms of your skills and that's not necessarily case because the concept of the game is much different because once the ball goes through the hoop I forgot to mention this in the rules it's live for the other team to take out so once it goes through the hoop the other team has to clear it so we weren't used to that as well as well as the spacing so you're allowed four players on a team and three are always on the floor, and you do need that sub because of how high-paced the game is. So when we were playing, our spacing and our five-on-five rotations didn't work in the three-on-three game. So we had to change up our rotations and the way you play, and sometimes you, well, I don't want to give away all of our our tips, (laughs) but, um, you know, you just have to change the way you play. It's completely different.
0: What kind of skills did you start working on when this uh, really got going?
1: Well, the biggest thing for three-on-three players in the FIBA-style setting is that you have to be versatile. You have to be able to do absolutely everything. Defend, score, shoot, rebound, hustle. You have to do it all because you're not always guarding the same person because the game is so fast, so fast that you, you don't have time to chase your guy around. So yeah, that was one of our biggest adjustments that we had to do rather than just Matching up on our own guy, it was taking the closest guy to us, basically
0: a lot of switching that sounds like uh, a lot of work, yeah, but all <laughs> and also too, with all that switching, you know there's
1: there's slipping the screens and there's diving and there's rolling, so there's so much space and so few players that it creates an exciting game to watch. So FIBA's really done a a phenomenal job in making the rules, so it's a very fan-based experience.
0: Do you have a lot of people who you you tell them you're playing 3-on-3 basketball and they don't don't know too much about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of uh, people in Canada and the United States are not familiar with how successful the world tour has been for three-on-three basketball when, like I had mentioned earlier, when people hear three-on-three, they're still thinking of the old slow-paced game where it's not really that fun to play. But uh, now my teammates and I, we actually prefer to play three-on-three over 5 on 5
0: I watched some of the highlights, and man, it's uh, it's much like the NBA has gone pretty fast paced. But three on three, wow, that is uh, especially with that twelve second shot clock, that really changes the game. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, a lot of shots are going up, so it's really uh, it's really exciting to
0: see. <laughs> uh, tell me a bit about how you assembled your team. I mean, is you mentioned earlier, it was mostly uh, teammates from the University of Saskatchewan.
1: Yeah. So that's how we started out. And through each year, we've made a a, a change either to one or two players. Michael Leifers and myself are the original guys who have stuck with the team throughout the years. And we've just made some adjustments And understanding and having the experience of playing all around the world. We understand the type of player that's needed for the game. And talking about versatility as well as it's a very, very physical game. Um, When you watch the NBA, sometimes some of these calls are really, really light. And in FIBA, I don't want to say it's a street ball because some people are getting mixed up with street ball where it's not a street ball. Because street ball, basketball is more so kind of like I think of the and one tour where, you know, there's not much structure to it. With three-on-three, three, there's there's so much structure, and you have to be very precise with it. So those are some of the things that um, we were looking for when we were deciding on who we wanted to bring on to our team. So like I said, versatility is really key. So we found some right guys throughout the years, and um, we've added Steve Sir from Edmonton this year, and he is still, I believe he still holds the NCAA Division One three-point percentage record of all time. So he is a phenomenal shooter and he definitely adds to our team as well as Nolan Burdell and Michael Leifers myself.
0: That must be a huge plus to be able to more or less pick your teammates. Whereas in, in other pro sports, it's all uh, kind of picked for you.
1: Yeah, that, that makes, um, that's one of the beautiful things about this game as well is you can get a number of uh, your friends, even if you want it, or just guys who you, who you think can play or will be successful on your team and, Go out and uh, go to a challenger or a qualifying tournament and see if you can get onto the world tour. And it's becoming more and more difficult each year. And now with this announcement, I'm sure the the game is going to grow substantially. So that will make it even more difficult to get in. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: Well, right now your team is ranked third in the world. Tell me a bit about how uh, you guys were able to get to that point.
1: Well, it's been a lot of um, it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of training, and a bit of sacrifice with our personal lives and our families. We've uh, traveled quite a bit. Last year, we were in uh, Europe for a month, playing in a number of different challengers, which those are the tournaments that qualify you for the world tour stops. So, playing in those, in each tournament that you play in, you it's you, you gain points. So, I think it's kind of like PGA or the tennis tour. You know, when you when you win tournaments, it helps your ranking. So, we've been very successful and very fortunate over the past few years to to be um, you know one of the top teams in most of these tournaments. So, I believe last year we took third in Mexico, we took second in Prague, and we won the Lausanne stop. And we had a terrible case of jet lag at the World Tour Finals in Abu Dhabi and had a horrible showing there, but great experience and we still got the invite to the world tour all-star tournament where they invite the top six teams in the world to participate. So, um, it was, it was good for us. And so, yeah, it's been a great journey and we look forward to continued success.
0: So do you see a lot of these teams, like would you see the same teams a lot throughout these tournaments? Yeah. So,
1: like I said, it's kind of like the PGA where, you know, a number of the same professionals are traveling to the same events and competing for the prize. So, number of number of teams that we we run into at some of these top events are are the same teams you know the top teams definitely the top 10 teams in the world are kind of the guys we see over and over but there are some new teams who are kind of emerging to to be some of the top contenders so like i said the game's starting to become more difficult um in terms of the the players and how good the teams are becoming now that they're really understanding the rules because it was shared with us that the um the world championships for 3 on 3 that was held last year and i believe it was somewhere i think it was in japan don't quote me on that one <laughs> but um they um they had a they had uh representation from 5 on 5 national team members and they didn't do uh very well it was the world tour teams that placed in the top 5 for the world championships for 3 on 3 so For people who think they can just easily make that transition because they're either playing professionally five-on-five or for their national team, it really doesn't work that way. You have to have a really great understanding and a lot of experience to be successful.
0: That's uh that's an interesting point. I was going to ask you about it later, but I mean even I'm sure lots of people are thinking, "Oh, maybe we'll see some of the top uh NBA players play, but it's uh it's one thing to go from playing NBA to FIBA. It's a whole another thing to go from playing 5 on 5 to 3 on 3 when that's something you haven't done all your life."
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And that's the thing with um like making the correlation to volleyball when they went from 6 on 6 on the court to two on two on the beach, you know, you're not having as many of those high profile six on six court volleyball players making that transition when they're in the peak of their career. So they're still making great money playing professionally on the hardwood. And I think that's going to be the case with this, because we also play on a sport court as well as the events are outdoors. So it's not ideal circumstances for what a lot of basketball players are used to when it comes to hardwood or an air-conditioned gymnasium in a, in a controlled environment. So sometimes you are battling the elements, and I'm not sure that's really going to speak to a lot of five-on-five players who are, you know well into their careers making you know great money professionally.
0: Interesting. Um, you mentioned how you see a lot of the uh, same teams. A lot. Have you developed any rivalries yet?
1: You know, we have the top. Since we're, you know, we're in the top three there, we we do have a, a rivalry with the top two teams there, uh, Novi Sad, which is from Serbia, and Ljubljana, which is from uh, Slovenia, and we've established good relationships with them off the court in terms of, you know buddy buddy and we see each other because we all eat together we're all staying in the same place it's it becomes a camaraderie off the court you know but we respect each other enough that when we see each other on the court that we're we're really battling and going after it because we both want the same thing
0: and right now you're ranked uh number one in the americas and the ninth best player for three on three in the world what does that mean to you that's pretty that's pretty incredible
1: yeah, you know, I don't. I really don't think about that so much. Uh, it's more so the team, the team environment for me. Because I mean, when you're playing three on three, your team has to be working as one. So really, any of my teammates could be ranked. That I don't think it has much to do with with anything. We uh, we're a solid team. We work well together, and that's why we're successful.
0: And uh, if anyone wants to see some of your highlights, I would recommend it because I watched them today and there's some pretty nasty crossovers. I feel bad for the guys' <laughs> ankles that play you. Thanks. So being one of the uh, top players and top teams in the world, yesterday's news must have been pretty big for you. What did you think yeah. when you found out?
1: It was it was exciting. I mean, we we we've been playing, like I said, for the past five years on the world tour, so we had an understanding that, you know, for the past three years that this was going to be a possibility for it to be in the Olympics. And we were thinking about it years ago about how cool that would be. And now that it's official, you know, it it really raises the question for us, like, is it actually a possibility for us to play in the Olympics? So it's exciting news. We don't know what's going to come of it and how Canada Basketball will send representation. And we're just looking forward to it.
0: Did you ever think one day you'd uh, have a shot to go to the Olympics?
1: You know, for me, in the back of my head, since I was young, that was one of my goals was always to represent Canada at the Olympics, playing basketball and understanding that the five-on-five and how competitive it is to get into that. You know, as I got older, past my university career, thinking that that was slowly um, drifting away, that it wasn't going to be a possibility. And now that this has happened, it's kind of uh, it's revitalized that dream and kind of sparked that uh, hope and interest and excitement that it could be. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this all pans out. And in the meantime, we're still going to com- keep competing. We have a, an event here in Saskatoon, the World Tour. It's going to be the first uh, and ever first only stop in Canada. Uh, july fifteenth and sixteenth. So if anybody's around and wanna check out one of these events firsthand, that's gonna be something interesting to see.
0: And in your hometown, that's gonna be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean it's it's we've been
1: around, like I said, the world for the past few years and it's it's we've seen that Saskatoon could easily host this and the environment and the support that we would get would be phenomenal. So we're really looking forward to that. And we commend Canada Basketball for helping to create the national tour, which is currently underway. We won the Edmonton stop uh, last weekend. So the Canadian national finals is going to be held in West Edmonton Mall the first weekend in July. And that'll be right before the world tour uh, stop in Saskatoon.
0: What are the the atmospheres like at this these games?
1: The atmosphere, you know, FIBA has done a phenomenal job in creating a fan based or a fan experience for any of the spectators come because not only is the game exciting but it, you're it's so intimate in a sense where you're right in the action it's not in played in big stadiums you know it's it's a it's a smaller venue played in tennis courts before or t- tennis venues and you know the amount of people that show up and support is is phenomenal but there's music playing throughout the games there's dj there's a lot of entertainment that's happening in between games there's dunk contests there's three-point shootouts. skills competition there's uh fan experiences so it's just uh it's just a very exciting uh atmosphere and event to be a part of it's not just going to watch a game you're actually going to be part of an event really
0: and for Canadians who both maybe want to go see this live or uh um wanna watch this online and see more games, where would they find that?
1: Yes, um FIBA has a uh three X three Facebook uh account as well as a FIBA three X three YouTube channel. In both um channels they have the games streamed live. And yeah, you can really tune into the games if you can't make it out and if you just check out some of the games, too, on YouTube from some of the past, all of the games have been recorded, and they're on their their um, YouTube channel.
0: Awesome. So before I let you go, I'll ask you this one last question. With this news of uh, this going to be in the Olympics, does this change how you think about and plan the next few years of your life?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely, especially in terms of – if in body maintenance you know i'm i'm up there i guess in, in your basketball age so when it comes to where i am at personally in my career you know it's 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 really paying attention to the details in terms of you know rest and recovery as well as making sure that we're training and stretching and there's a number of different things that um you know for this to be a possibility or to actually be a dream coming true You know, to to work towards that and making sure we're taking care of ourselves. So, yeah, training harder, training smarter, and just looking forward to the outcome.
0: All right, Michael. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and best of luck with your uh, Olympic dreams. Thank you very much. That was Michael Linklater. He's one of the best three-on-three basketball players in the world, and his team is ranked third overall worldwide. He joined me from Saskatoon. Any thoughts on 3 and 3 basketball being added to the Olympics? Who do you think should be allowed to play? Uh, let me know. You can send me a tweet at Canada's Court, or you can send me an email to Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, I would love it if you left the podcast with a rating or review or both. If you share it with your friends, that would be nice too. This podcast is absolutely free, so if you wanted to thank me for bringing it to you, That's how you could do so. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening.